can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good whatever. Hi everyone, this is Wayne Ivasich at Testing Thursdays with Wayne through the Talking Pools podcast system. Hope everybody's had a great week. I know I did. It's hot as hell here in Maryland. But then again, it's August. That's our fifth season. <laughs> but a little bit off subject, kind of, sort of, today. Uh, we... Get emails in at talkingpools at gmail.com. And that's where you go to send in your technical questions, too, by the way, um, that I'll be happy to answer. But we got a, um, an email the other day uh, from, actually, it's, it's, it's been a while. I don't surprise it hasn't been answered yet, but Scott at Idaho Pool Remodeling um, sent us an email a while back. And um, he's a, 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 an avid supporter of TalkingPools.com. We thank you for that, Scott. Um, but he raised some questions regarding the CPO program. And um, I'm, I wanted to address those. I guess the reason I wanted to address those is that I am intimately aware of what he's talking about. For those of you who don't know me, uh, in addition to um, being retired, thank goodness, and um, uh, working here with, with all the gang at Talking Pools. I, um, I'm a CPO, um, have been since 1997. I am also a CPO instructor. Uh, I teach the courses and have been doing so since, oh God, since like 2001 to something like that. Um, but in addition to those two things, I am also a member of the PHTA instructor assessment committee in other words i teach people how to teach the course got to do it if you have if you've done it already you know what i'm talking about if you haven't and you're a cpo and you're interested pop me an email at talkingpools um, at gmail.com and i'll be happy to talk to you more about it but the most important thing and in, in reference to the email that we got from scott um that is pertinent to to my podcast today is that I am also a member of the CPO Advisory Council. Not only am I a member, but I'm the vice chair of that council. That council was created, um, oh gosh, uh, 2022, maybe the early part of 2021, actually could have been, not quite sure. Um, and this particular council was set up by the PHTA to address issues with the manual and, and just everything that has to do with CPO itself. And primarily our first task was to rewrite the manual. Uh, and we did that. And the latest edition uh, is out now. Uh, it's copyrighted, I believe, 2022, 
I don't have my manual here. Ah, use it within grasp. But yeah, um, most recently we came out with the updated version earlier on this year. And what we did was it was um, it was an ominous task at best. Um, there were uh, 15 people on this council, and each of us in our own areas of expertise. Uh, mine, of course, was chemistry and testing. A couple of people had to deal with filters and things like that and management and, and whatnot. But we all managed to get together and rewrite the manual. In fact, to make it a little bit more pliable, more understandable, more more um, um, geared into current uh, technology and the environment that is today. So we, we really worked hard on it. And then after we finished with the manual, um, then we worked on the um, slideshows, the, the PowerPoints that go along with the CPO course to correct them. Now, those of you who have taken the CPO course know what I'm talking about. If you took it, you know, 2021 and earlier, some of the slides were out of order. It was old information. It was wrong information. It showed old technology. So we brought that, brought that all up to date. It took us almost a full year to accomplish this. So uh, like Scott mentions in, its, in, in his email, is it perfect? No. Uh, it, is it, is it uh, something that you can utilize? Absolutely. Considering now it's, it's, it's up to date and current, um, but it's a good starting point. CPO uh, certification um, is good in 37 states as of today, 37. So that means you don't go swimming in states that don't have CPO. No, I'm kidding. Um, but 37 states have recognized CPO as the appropriate certification course to take in order to be able to work on public pools, which is wonderful. Um, so th that's all that background. What Scott was talking about was, um, I guess, recertification versus licensing versus a couple of, couple of things. Um, what Scott had, had suggested in his email was that, um, you know, you have to, well, number one, you have to take the CPO um, um, certification course um, every five years. Uh, the certification is good for five years. And most people who do that recertify sometime in the latter part of their fourth year so that they tend to overlap, which is perfectly fine, which is great. Um, the problem is um, every five years we require certification, but we're looking at the manual now to update it every couple years so that people that that may have taken, say, the CPO class five years ago, new technology comes out, it's not going to be in the manual. Maybe in the PowerPoint because the instructor has the um, option of including information and take away, you can include. So I, I understand that, um, that, you know, maybe we should switch over to a C, CEU situation rather than recertification every five years. In other words, um, you can keep your CPO certification valid ongoing if you get X number of CEUs um, every year. Very similar to what the state of Florida requires for for people to maintain their their contractor's license. Um, not as um, um, uh, detailed, 
as the Florida group works with, but something along that way. Um, so the CPO program is that does um, have what's called ISET um, CEU certification. ISET is, a, is an international organization that takes coursework similar to CPO and, and, and others like it and evaluates them to see if they're worthy for C, CEU um, um, classification. We've looked into that. I'll be right out with it. We have looked into that. And quite honestly, it, it's, it's not worth it on a, for the student or the, or the instructor or even for the PhDA to, to look at something like this because this would require additional um, um, workloads to maintain CEO um, numbers for individuals, um, I'm sorry, CEU numbers for individual CPO students that the PHTA simply doesn't have the manpower for right now. That, that's something that's kind of out of their purview. So it would be, it would be beholden to the student to, to keep that information and then send it in appropriately. Um, I, I, I understand the, the, um, difficulty and the, um, procedures for for doing this, but quite honestly, it, is it worth the hassle? Um, you know, do they need to maintain twenty CEUs a year, or, or obtain twenty CEUs a year in order to keep their CPO? No, because the CPO is good for five years. So there's also a a, a longevity and not longevity, wrong word, um, a, a time length issued here. Uh, that involved here. So it's very, very difficult to, uh, to, to have like two paths, the CPO path for five years, and then the individual uh, requirements by the state, for example, of so many CEUs or by another organization for so many CPUs. It's difficult. Um, that doesn't mean that, that uh, it hasn't been addressed. It hasn't been looked at. Um yeah, it has, uh, and so it, we're 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 still talking about it. We're still trying to figure out what's really best for the student, for the current CPO certification holder. Um, now, this has um, on, on a somewhat related note. This has absolutely nothing to do with the other certification uh, programs that are out there. Yeah, and the dog you hear kind of talking to me in the background is my grand dog Ozzy who is a purebred Malamute who wants the cookie that's on my plate next to me. And he's being very persistent. Uh, but anyhow, um, um, the, the, it, 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 the CPO is not AFO. CPO is not um, a state certified certification. It's completely different. Now that what they teach might be similar to a point, but uh, it's not, for example, uh, let me give, let me give you a really good example. On Facebook, I am the admin for a group, a closed group called uh, Certified Pool Operators-CPO. It's a closed Facebook group for only CPO holders, and it's been around for a long time. Um, I'm not the original administrator. Uh, somebody else was, and then I kind of took it over a few years ago. And And one of the requirements is that when I get, yes, Ozzy, I know, uh, one of the requirements is that um, and when, when you request to join the group, it comes to me, the request, and then I send back to the uh, request door 
uh, a little paragraph on what the, that it's a closed group, search CPOs only. Uh, please send, take a picture of and send me a copy of your CPO certification so I can verify that you are indeed a CPO because nobody else is allowed. And well, most people pay attention to that and take a quick copy, uh, take a quick photo and, and send it to me and all is right with the world. Every now and then I'll get somebody who says, well, I'm AFO certified. And that's the same thing. No, it's not. Or I was certified by the state of Ohio. Um, and well, that's fine. And, and I look at their certification has nothing to do with it. I, you know, CPO is the program that is sponsored and run through the PHTA, Pool and Hot Tub Association, not <clears throat> any other organization. It is not AFO. It is not the same thing. And people get angry at me. Yes, it is. And it's just like, well, you know, you're kind of talking to the person that kind of runs stuff a little bit. Um, no, it is not the same thing. So I get those kind of conversations every now and then. Um, the, the, the issue is that um, um, people, you know, think that once they're certified, they're certified all the way across the board. And they're not. Um, so they don't like it when I say, no, I cannot um, uh, add you to the group. Sorry, there's other groups out there that are not closed, but this one is closed. And I'm very protective of that, have been for a long time. Do people sneak in? Yeah, sometimes. Um, it's been a while, but um, still, CPO is CPO is CPO. It is nothing else but that. Okay, sponsored by PHTA. Um, the 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 issue also that Scott kind of brings up is the um, information that's in the manual. Um, the um, um, it, it's pretty basic, and and I agree, it's very basic. Uh, but remember, the point of the CPO program is is not really an introductory. Well, maybe you can argue that, but it's it's it's, it's a good, solid start uh, for people who are um, in the industry or who are coming into the industry who need this certification. Um, yeah, the, the program, uh, the, the course throws a lot of stuff at you, uh, a lot of stuff. But remember. The, the, the goal of the CPO program, among others, other minor ones, but the main goal of the CPO program is to provide you with information to answer a question or to identify a problem and figure out how to, how to deal with it. This is why the CPO exam is multiple questions. It's a multiple question. I call it multiple, multiple um, guess. Um, and the test is open book. No memorization is required. You know, if, if one of the things uh, I always point out to, to, to students on the first day is that this is not a test of your knowledge per se, because everybody comes in at a different level. This is more of a, of a test on your ability to, to identify, the, identify the problem and the information you're given and to find a solution. In other words, where do you look in the manual to find the answer to a question? Okay, that's pretty simple. I mean, there's an index, there's a glossary, there's examples, there's appendices. The thing is pretty chock full of information, a lot of information. Now, some of it may not um, be appropriate for your particular situation. In other words, if you don't do any management or facility renovations or anything like that, well, then, you know, those chapters are kind of, eh, that's nice. But, you know, the, the meat, the meat chapters, you know, testing, chemistry, disinfection, filtration, 
hydraulics, um, the, you know, it, it, everything like that. That's important to know. That that's must know information. Okay, not need to know, but must know. And that's what we tried to get across. And then the student, when they're taking the exam, you know, flipping pages back and forth, trying to find the answer. And that's kind of what we want in, in, in an odd sort of way. We want them, we want to teach them the ability to locate the correct answer. And we do that as best as we possibly can. Um, we have even talked about changing it, um, making the um, test more objective. In other words, you know, give me a, an answer to a question, but tell me why you're doing it. The problem is, is that everybody's answers are going to be a little bit different and it, it can be very subjective or um, in, in, in your evaluation of that answer. And the student might have, one student might have more background in answering a question than another. You know, one student might say, I have no idea, I'm brand new. Or another student might say, well, I've been around for 30 years. This is how I would do it. And that's a big difference in how, in how you evaluate something like that. So keeping it objective, keeping it, um, you know, black and white kind of deal has, we found has been the most efficient and, and, and uh, time honored uh, way to address how to test people for the course. Now there are others. There are other courses out there. Um, some sponsored by PhDA, some not. Um, <clears throat> and and whether you choose to take those courses, of course, is up to you based on on your background and when what you're doing. Uh, the problem, not, it's not a problem. The issue is, is that again, some of these courses are a little bit more heavy and detailed and things like that than you would find in a CPO course. CPO is your is your first step, as I guess is the best way to put it. Um, we do offer, uh, it, it, three steps back, two steps forward. If something in, in technology wise, uh, it just pops into the system before we're ready to re-edit the manual. And the goal is to, is to, is to come out with an updated manual every two years or less if it's appropriate. When it would be, when would it be appropriate? New technology. I mean, new significant technology. Um, perfect example is uh, saltwater generators. Uh, back when I started um, uh, in, 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 in the program, um, saltwater generators, salt systems, whatever you want to call them, um, were not the norm. In fact, they were just kind of in their infancy, quite honestly. Um, and the information in the CPO manual that talked about them it's a paragraph. That was it. Just a paragraph. Now, it's a whole big section within the testing arena and disinfection. Um, on, a, on a related note, I remember when I first started teaching, I would ask the class, you know, how many people have salt water generators um, in, in their in, you know, chlorine generators on, on their pools? And out of a class of 100, I would say maybe I would see five hands. That's it. This is back in the... In the early 90s, mid-90s. The last official webinar seminar that I gave at a trade show was back in 2022, and I asked the same question, and I would say a good 90% of the class raised their hand. That's a, that's an important technological advancement. So we address that. Another example, borates. Borates are our thing now. Um, uh, whether you use them or not, of course, is your choice, but Borates are, are such a thing 
that we do met and we we do talk about it in the manual now. There was never even any mention of them. Um, so you know we, we understand what's going on. We we try to address as best as we humanly can. Um, not only the information that that we're trying to provide the students, but just internally and in trying to um, um, figure out what's best for everybody in the long run. So, are we perfect? Nah. <laughs> God knows I'm not. But we try to do the best we can and try to give as much information as we can. This is why things like the Talking Pools podcast um, system is very important because all of us hosts in this program um, have different areas of expertise. And hopefully we've been able to, to address issues and answer questions when they come up. There's somebody in our group that will know the answer. Um, and we're an international group. We have, we have uh, two guys out, one in, in um, New Zealand and the other in uh, Western Australia. And then there's everybody here in the States. And we, we try to give as, as much information as we possibly can, share that with you guys on a timely basis uh, in order to help everybody within the industry. And I sincerely hope that we've been able to do that. Um, so I've done, I'm finished rambling for today. So um, Scott, if you wouldn't mind, Scott at Idaho Pool Remodeling um, would, uh, if you hear this, hopefully you do, um, pop us a, an email at talkingpools at gmail.com uh, with your address and we'll send you out a little thank you gift for, for um, sending in an email on this and apologize for the delay in responding to it but quite honestly I only saw this a couple days ago so <laughs> uh, forgive me on that one well until then everybody until the next time next Thursday I hope, I, I hope everybody remains safe um, and um has have great customers and make a lot of money and all that stuff. So take care, everybody. Talk at you later. Bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 